Flee from idolatry. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good Monday morning, my friends. We're moving on today in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 14 through 22. And uh, we are continuing on in Paul's teaching here in 1 Corinthians. Um, we're reminded that this was a letter sent to the Corinthian believers to address issues that were going on in the church there. Um, Paul was presently absent from them and not able to address these things firsthand, and so he sent a letter. Um, it's it's likely he was getting some questions from people uh, and also hearing some feedback about things that were happening in the community there. Uh, and so being the pastor uh, that he was, uh, he felt the need to address uh, these issues in order to keep uh, the church uh, growing in the right direction. And uh, pastors uh, shepherd their flocks, and that's part of uh, that calling, is to correct when correction is needed. Um, Paul is uh, probably the most prolific of the New Testament writers, and his letters, though often addressed to a particular community, didn't always stay in that community. And uh, they would get shared around to other surrounding communities of faith. And um, that's how the word spread. And we are still today, a couple thousand years from Paul's writing of this letter, um, gleaning its valuable content uh, for our own lives of faith as Christian believers in the modern era. And uh, we're grateful for Paul and his ministry. And so as we prepare to study, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for a new day. We thank you that your steadfast mercies are new every morning. Um, Great is your faithfulness, O God. That truth alone should undo us (laughs) because we're not used to a faithful love, a committed love in this life. Um, people get flaky on us, but you never get flaky, oh God. You are committed to us because we're your kids and you love us. How good we have it. And we give you thanks. Father, speak to us through your word today. We love it uh, because it teaches us about you. We know you through your word. And so uh, send your spirit to give us insight and understanding into it as we study today. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, here is what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 14 through 22. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we are we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? Do I mean then that food sacrificed to an idol is anything or that an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? 
Now, earlier in the book of Corinthians, Paul stated that um, food sacrificed to idols was nothing because idols are nothing. And so he says, eating food sacrificed to idols, an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, small g gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many small g gods and many small l lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for, for whom we live. And there is but one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Um, and so... He makes light of uh, idols in the sense of they're nothing. Uh, so, yes, you're free to eat food sacrificed to idols. But here he gets kind of specific. He says um, the food that we eat at the Lord's table uh, is representative of his blood and representative of his body. So when we break bread with that one loaf, we are stating something very important. We're stating that we are united as one body in Christ as we share this one loaf. And when we drink from that one cup, the the, the wine that represents the blood of Christ, we are stating something important, that we are the body of Christ. And we are those who celebrate and remember the spilled blood and the broken body of Jesus. Uh, that work on the cross which accomplished uh, our redemption and salvation. We are stating something so powerful and so clear. And Paul says, by association, if the believers in Christ are then found eating at the table of pagans the food that was sacrificed to demons, what is that statement then to the world? Why is it that Christians should be okay with that? Why is it that Christians should eat foods that have been sacrificed to demons? Um, those, those things have been offered to demons. And he says, I don't want you to be participants with demons. And uh, earlier in the passage, he says, I'm talking to sensible people. Just hear me out. It just doesn't make sense that those who participate in the table of Christ, the, the Lord's Supper, would then turn and eat food that has been offered uh, to demons sacrificed on their behalf. Um, he says, uh, I don't want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. He says, by doing this, are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we trying to, you know, any, any loving parent who sees a threat to their child gets angry at the threat, uh, wants to, uh, uh, wants to, avoid the threat coming into their child's life, whatever that threat may be and however the old the child may be. When, when our kids are little, uh, we get angry at the things that threaten them, illness and disease and, and other people who are doing stupid things. <laughs> and, we, and we move to uh, move the child away from the threat. Any good parent gets angry at, at any threat to their child. And the Lord is the same. He loves us. Uh, he's jealous after us, and uh, when something would threaten our connection to him, when something would threaten our walk with him, of course the Lord is going to get angry about that because he sees that thing as getting in the way of the fellowship that we share with him. And so Paul says it doesn't make sense that the people of God, the, the people who eat at the Lord's table, would also 
uh, eat at the table of demons. And so it's a, it is a really good argument. And uh, not that we're not free to eat food that's been sacrificed to idols because they're nothing. Uh, but the truth is behind those idols is a demonic force that's trying to get people to believe in those things and convince them that there's truth there and there's not truth there. And so um, we have to be careful about what we're participating in um, and we have to be mindful of its impact on the watching world. Uh, what does that do to our witness if the people who eat at the Lord's table are also eating at the table of demons? I'm, uh, I find this incredibly uh, well put and I find this teaching to be a powerful one. Um, I think the modern uh, sort of uh, template that we ought to see this through is when the people of God are participating in things that are clearly not uh, in the Lord's will for them. And how does that impact our witness uh, with the watching world who's saying, why would somebody who proclaims Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior be participating in this activity over here? You see, in our freedom in Christ, we are free to do all of these things. We're free to do anything that we want, as long as it does not cause us to betray uh, our commitment to Christ, as long as it does not uh, cause us to uh, betray the Spirit's work in our lives. So we're free to do that which honors and blesses and uplifts God. We're not free to sin. We're not free to go headlong into activities that would be harmful to our spiritual lives. We are free in every way to do anything we want that would um, uplift Christ and that would uh, grow us in a godly direction. And so our freedom is not so that we can go about sinning. Our freedom is so that we can go about blessing God and growing to be uh, more like Him. All right, my friends, uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to study with me this morning. And I pray that as we continue to plow our way through 1 Corinthians, these daily teachings and these daily thoughts would be of encouragement to you and uh, that you'll continue to uh, consider them in your hearts today. God bless.